Today in Health IT, what I learned from Elon Musk this morning. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. We want to thank our show sponsors who are investing in developing the next generation of health leaders, Gordian Dynamics, Quill Health, Taucite, Nuance, Canon Medical, and Current Health. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. All right. So I listened to an hour and a half video of an interview with Elon Musk and like him, don't like him, like his politics, don't like his politics, like his advancement on Twitter, don't like his advancement on Twitter. He is definitely somebody worth listening to if for no other reason. He sparks ideas, he sparks thought, he sparks conversation. I'll give you an example. In terms of innovation, they built the Model 3. And the Model 3 is their uh, lowest priced entry into the electrical vehicle market. And the review on the car was generally extremely good, except for the body. And the body had 110 different parts welded together, molded together, that kind of stuff. And a writer took him to task and told him exactly why it was bad and those kind of things. Said some good things about it, but essentially said, you know, this this body is, is a mess. And Elon and the team stepped back and said, you know, he's spot on. All right, so there's one taking criticism. He's spot on. He's right. We shouldn't have this many parts. And Elon got to thinking about it, and he was uh, looking at some toys, and he thought, why can't we do the body of the Model 3 like they do toys, right, in, in a mold, like a cast, cast molding of the entire body? And he said, you know, they do it for toys. It's really inexpensive to do for toys, and it's highly durable. I wonder if we, we can do it. So he went to the team. And he said, would it be possible to do this? And they sort of looked at him and said, oh, well, we don't know. It's like, well, will the laws of physics support this? And their answer was, yeah, probably. Let's research it. They went out and they found six companies that do moldings of this type. And they essentially went to them and said, could we do a car body with this same technology? And five of them said, no, it's not possible. And one of them said, in theory, it could be possible. And he said, I'll take that as a yes. And sure enough, they did the work and they were able to bring the body down from 110 parts down to two parts. Essentially, it's it's two sections, the front and the back, molded and then joined together. And he talked about how that simplified the entire environment. And I love that part of the conversation because it's a great example of problem solving. It's a great example of innovation, massive innovation, by the way, when you go from 110 moving parts down to to two moving parts it simplifies the construction process the uh, manufacturing process it simplifies the maintenance it simplifies just a ton of things in the overall design and build of the car and so i love that and i think that's something we can take away from this i also think the the i don't know the inquisitiveness of being able to ask can we do that over here I often hear people say, well, Amazon does this and Amazon does this. We should be able to do it in healthcare. But rarely do I hear people say, Amazon does this and Amazon does this. This is what we're doing in healthcare. We have to take it to the next level, which is to, you know, in Elon's case, he went out and talked to those six molding companies, identified the one that said it might work, and then went down that path with that one company. 
And in our case, I think a lot of times we get caught up in the, the, the bureaucracy and the difficultness of it, of making healthcare a consumer-friendly type of endeavor. And so, you know, one of the things is the inquisitiveness. Another is looking to other industries, you know, at what's possible and then applying that uh, to our industry. Uh, I think another thing I learned from the uh, talk this morning, it's by, it's an hour and a half long, so it's there's a lot of stuff in it. I'm just going to cover a handful of things. I'll put a link in the uh, show notes uh, to this. One is optimism. The need for optimism, the power of optimism. And, and he talked about this in the context of birth rates around the world. And he said, you know, birth rates around the world, there isn't a country that's doing well in this. And essentially what we are doing as a, as a species is we're dying off with low birth rates. And the country that most epitomizes this is Japan. <clears throat> and they talk about people not uh, wanting to have children because they don't want to bring them into this world or, or whatever it is. And he said, you know, you just have to look through history and realize this is one of the best times in history to be alive. Just all the advances, all the things we have going for us and whatnot. And there's an importance in optimism. It is a foundation for moving forward. It is a foundation for action. It is a foundation for hope. I wouldn't say that was his clear message in this, but I'm just saying it's one of the things I took away from it. The other thing Elon Musk talked about was the allocation of capital. And this was an interesting part of the conversation. What he was talking about is that the market is off and the market's off significantly. We're probably heading towards a recession. It feels like it's already started. We already have our first quarter of uh, negative G GDP growth. We'll probably have another quarter and then we can officially call it a recession. And uh, he was talking about how this is a good thing. One of the things that happens in markets over time is that you have uh, a inefficient allocation of capital. What does that mean? That means that you have all this money, all these resources being spent on things that aren't effective and spent on things that don't provide enough value back to humanity, goods and services to the people that they're trying to serve. But there's so much money floating around and there's so much resource floating around that money goes towards these maybe mediocre ideas with half-baked ideas, mediocre ideas and whatnot. And so you have people working on mediocre ideas with limited value. So that's a, an a, a inefficient allocation of capital. It's people working on things that, that don't add value. And so you have a contraction. One of the things that happens in a contraction is people get more particular about what they're investing in and where the money goes. And they look at it and they say, you know what? I'm not going to, this more speculative type of thing, I'm not going to invest in because I'm, I don't believe it's heading in the right direction. They're going to allocate their capital towards things that have more defined value for the market, which means that people are going to work in those companies that have defined value for the market. They're going to have purpose because they see the value that they're creating in the market. It's not just money chasing any silly idea that happens to be out there. And I, I like this idea of, of that because I believe that's what's going to happen in health systems right now as well. I believe that we have been wondering how are we going to uh, continue with this sense of urgency and the focus that we had during the pandemic. We moved at an incredible pace during the pandemic because we had focus and we had urgency. And one of the things is we're in the midst of another crisis. We have significant downturn in our financials. And we're living in a market that has significant downturns as well. What that means is we're going to get that focus again. 
We're going to get the focus on only the projects that are adding value to our clinicians, adding value to our quality, adding value to our patients, maybe reducing cost to those patients. And so there's going to be a, an allocation of resources to the things that matter. So that's that focus. That's that sense of urgency we've been asking. How are we going to maintain it? And that's one of the ways we maintain it. You know, as a corollary, as he was talking about this, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to make this connection well, but it's what I thought about. Nurses are enjoying, I believe, the most influence they've ever had in this industry that I can think of, or at least since I've been in it, let's just say that. And part of it is due to markets. They've been not treated as as valued as they should have been in the equation. And because they were taken for granted, the pandemic hits, we have this very difficult time. There is a shortage of nurses. Because of the environment, we have a lot of nurses who are coming together and they are letting their views be known. There's votes of no confidence going on. There are walkouts going on. There are those kinds of things. So you have people organizing, you have nurses organizing. You have nurses leaving in record numbers and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to leave the profession potentially. And others looking at it going, you know what, I don't think it's fair that a traveling nurse is coming in here and making twice as much as me. I'm going to become a traveling nurse and make more money. And they are doing that. And so they have more leverage in this industry than they ever have. And as a result of that, what you're seeing is these financials are depicting this challenge that health systems have right now, which is they are paying far more for labor clinicians. Well, actually all, all clinicians, but specifically for nurses, they're paying more than they ever have before. And the other thing is you're looking at a situation where these numbers are not sustainable long-term. You can't have these kinds of half billion dollar losses at major health systems for any period of time. And by the way, it's more acute the, the, the smaller the health system gets. You know, they might be only be losing $10 million a month, but that $10 million represents a significant percentage of the overall uh, net revenue. And I think this is just, uh, this is how markets correct themselves over time. Yes, it's been a long time coming for the nurses to get their chance to have a conversation and be a part of the conversation and say, look, we are part of the solution and you have not elevated us to the right levels within your organization. Now is the time to do that. That happens over time. It happens as a result of markets. And right now in every boardroom across this country, there's a conversation going about nurses, how to make the work environment more attractive, how to reduce the safety issues that nurses have to face, how to reduce the difficult situations where nurses are confronted with patients that are ornery and whatever, how to address nurse pay, how to address the uh, challenges with technology that nurses have. So there's, there's, there's this opportunity right now for nurses to be front and center and be a part of that conversation, but also understanding that this is not sustainable. There, there's no way that the, these labor rates, at least it would appear based on the financial operating numbers that are coming forward, that this is sustainable. But this is what happens. Anyway, I told you I was going to struggle making the connections. It was just happened to be part of the connections in my thought that you have a period of time where things are out of balance in a market and then they come back into balance and they come back into a balance with, uh, first of all, a significant swing to one side, which is unsustainable for both parties. And then it swings to a more sustainable solution long term. These are just some of the things I learned this morning after listening to that interview. I, as you know, I 
develop podcasts. I listen to podcasts because I, I want to learn as much as I possibly can. So I thought I would share it with you. That's all for today. If you know someone that might benefit from our channel, please forward them a note. They can subscribe on our website, thisweekhealth.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher. You get the picture. We are everywhere. We want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders, Gordian Dynamics, Quill Health, Taucite, Nuance, Canon Medical, and Current Health. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com slash today. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.